All right, so we we uh we're gonna obviously the topic is uh, uh you know uh, unscrambling your mind, searching for understanding, and so uh, we were at a retreat uh, this past Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, right? And uh, the the pastor that we sat on is you know a real good speaker. But really was taking some time to, you know, like I really enjoy hearing them because I don't see too many people that's been in the kingdom a long time that haven't changed with the fads or, or you know, like he was a disciplined guy, solid guy, um, and locked into it. But but one of the things, you know, he was he he was just saying like we we've uh, we're losing sight of, of of how we're supposed to live this life as a Christian, so. He's talking about this morning in um in the master life class, you know, uh, changing our uh, we're coming to the kingdom and we're taking on this new life and it's a kingdom life and we're changing um, from our will to God's will. But we also learn how to live in the kingdom, and you know, every other thing we do in life, uh, you know, some of you guys are uh, you 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 do uh, uh, athletic instruction. Uh, you know, Nigel was telling me you know, something he does. He, trains uh you know trains i guess people athletes what have you um but everybody don't know what to do do they so you so but let's say if they come in and they think they know what to do they can hurt themselves or they can give up it can seem like it's 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 never going to happen uh something you do natalie you know there's people that come to work out with you and they've worked out for a couple weeks and then you can't find them right um, but what happened? They got overwhelmed. It seemed insurmountable. Even though you're showing them how to do it, it just seems like you know, my body doesn't roll it. Like the people I tell you, no, nah, no, nah, you don't understand. My body don't, 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 don't operate that way. No, no. Well, I'm trying to train you. Eventually, it will. I took a young man out to shoot. His parents said he wanted to play basketball, so I was showing him a drill how to. You know, the goal is toe, knee, elbow, reaching the net. I was trying to show him how to, how to just, just get it down. I, I already know how to shoot. And so, you know, when I, that bothers me when kids say that, but I didn't do that. And I said, okay, well, tell you what. You're going to stand right here in front of the rim. No, no, no deep shot or nothing. Right here in front of the rim, I just need you to make 10 in a row. You make 10 in a row, we're going to shoot your way. If, we don't, if you don't make 10 in a row, you're going to learn how to shoot my way. He made like three. And they're right in front of the rim. And so, and, and the drill I was showing him, I learned from, uh, 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 you know, NBA great uh, Bernard King, you know, just how to, you know, just hold the ball here, you hold the ball here, put the ball here, and it gives you perfect elbow, you know, to reach in the net. And I was just trying to show him some stuff. And I know his mind was like, I don't do it that way. But when you, when, when, when you cross over to something new, it's never comfortable to your mind because your mind has been trained to do what's comfortable for you even if it's the wrong way, even if it's hurting you. And so what we're going to talk about today because here we're trying to afford you what you're really desiring to get what you need to live a fulfilling life. Right? Somebody here don't want to be fulfilled? No problem. I mean, I mean that's kind of... If you don't want to be fulfilled now, you will want to fulfill later. But the tough part is it's hard. These guys are young, you know, 
you know, mama bring them to the church. You know, they, they was going to church before, but they bring them to the church. You come in the airs and you start hearing stuff. And, and, and at first it's like, man, this dude tripping. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you, you could either think he's tripping or you're like, ah, ain't nobody trying to do that. Or you could think you're just at church because mom brought you. I don't really need to get nothing. Right? You could be thinking you just at church. Look at me. I'm talking to you. Just because mom brought you. No, 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 no. We're all here to get something, but your, your mind may not stay focused. Your mind can wander. It could seem overwhelming. You could, and know what the first thing your mind is say? Well, you know we have a short attention span. Or uh, you were just talking earlier about how we flow certain ways or we feel certain ways and we tell ourselves, soon somebody challenged that way, we'll say, well, this is just the way I feel and this is the way I'll always be. You were talking about changing your attitude and not getting offended this morning. And so my wife was saying how you tell yourself, she, well, you was using you. She said, sometimes my husband, rub, the husband meaning me, she said, sometimes he, rub, he can rub me the wrong way. And I tell myself, no matter what we talk about, I'm not going to get an attitude. Or offended, or or what? What I tell myself is grit your teeth. This is gonna be a tough one. So I grit my teeth and bear it, right? But she just said, she says, but my husband, with his exhaustive talking self, is gonna say something that's gonna trick me, rub, wrong, rub me the wrong way, and then everything I said is out the window at that point, right? That's what you were saying this morning. I'm trying to give her full full credit for all that she said. And she said, you know what you could tell yourself? This is the way I am. And you expect everybody around you to change their lives because, and you don't have to change. Even though the scripture says, well, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. And she said, my wife was saying how, well, we really do have to change. And it is hard. It does seem insurmountable because you've never been there before. But if you are consistent, you will change. Right? And I was sharing how some of us have never, some of us live our life in, in, in a bubble, in, a, in our own protective custody. Some of us, because we're, we're, our jobs are freelance, we're not around a lot of people. So we don't have to adjust to people. Some of us, even though we're around a lot of people, we're not around them. <laughs> oh, that's good. You know what I'm saying? Like we're in the room, but we're not present, right? And so it's hard for us to adapt like, you just, like, don't come near my cubicle, don't speak to me, you know, because you don't want to deal with people, or you don't want to be in any situation where you'll say the wrong thing, get embarrassed. Somebody might ask you a question about the job, and you don't know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So, so we, 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 we navigate, like, as soon as we leave the job, we, we going right to the bat cave, right? Or the cat cave, whatever y'all wanted to call it, all right? <laughs> right, but we going, because we don't want to deal with people, right? All we're saying when we say that is, I don't want to grow up. Because you, the only way you, you, you grow up is to deal with people, right? I'm, I'm just setting the stage for this. So God brings us into the kingdom. We're in this kingdom life. And he's trying to show us how to live this kingdom life. But the key to li living this kingdom life is this word right here. Yeah. Now, of course, I'm, I told him earlier, I'm a King James guy. The King James message, uh, NIV, all these different translations, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, sometimes, see, the flesh don't want to read truth. The flesh, the, the, flesh, the flesh doesn't want to be around the light because the flesh wants to chill, sleep, be lazy. All of our flesh, right? Minister Sam, you a minister, right? 
the, sometimes the flesh don't want to read, don't want to pray. Like you a minute, you've been in, you've been in, hey, you've been in this for a long time, 30 years, right? But, but just because you've been in 30 years, you're not going, hey, baby, let's pray all day, right? Look, look, Miss Jackie's like, you pray by yourself all day, right? Right? You understand know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes the flesh don't want to do it, right? And so what I'm trying to tell you is, this is the key. But guess what? Sometimes we don't want to read this. Then some of us remove this word. Some of us, if you got training at the job, you got to go to school, in class, anything that says learn, you have a shutdown mode. Yeah. Oh, God, we got to learn. There's points. Then there's points underneath the points. Then I got to remember stuff. I got to take notes. I got to go back and study. Oh, man, I don't want to do that. Now, we're doing it in aspects of our life, which we'll find out here in a minute. So what God is saying, I'm going to help you. We're going to unscramble the mind. Because a lot of times we're showing up scrambled. But then we'll, we'll go, then you go to class, you go, you come with a scrambled mind, you go, see, that teacher don't know what they're talking about. Is it the teacher or is it the student? So we have to search for understanding. So, so just, just, to, just, <laughs> just trying to set you up here. So what we're going to, we're going to walk through a lot of things here. And if we're trying to understand this word, we're, we're doing with what's called hermeneutics. Uh, I ain't trying to get deep, um, even though it may sound, you know, you know it's a, I know it's a seminary word, but it's basically studying the Bible, interpreting the Bible. That's all it is. It's not complicated. You know, you know, they, they, you know, you'd be in seminary school, they'd be having all these little words and people go, I know my hermeneutics, my homiletics and my eisegesis and exegesis. That's cute, but we're going to break all that down and make it simple for us today, right? Obviously, Superman has superpowers, right? So he also has super hearing. But at first, he was young, he would hear everything. And so, so he could, so he'd be sitting in class, he'd be hearing what everybody thinking. What they think about him, what they think about their mama, what they think about their cousin. He's just hearing stuff. And then, you know, he just got so overwhelming, you know, he went in the closet and he's just all these voices saying so he, wasn't, he wasn't coming out. Right? And what it is is he didn't know how to process them. His mind was scrambled. See, the interesting thing is we've been born again. We have superpowers. So we actually discern, even though we don't know we're discerning, we're picking up things all the time. We're, 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 and all this stuff is in our mind. But, but I remember in the movie, his dad was like, he was, had to teach him how to handle his powers. Hey, man, you just can't be walking around super all the time, man. You're going to destroy some things. You know, you're playing in a baseball game, you're going to throw the ball through the guy's hand. You, we can't roll like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, every time you slam the door, the whole house going to fall down. Right? So we got to teach you how to do You can't get mad all the time. You get mad, your eyes burn up everything in the area. Blow up everything in the area. You understand what I'm saying? We have these abilities, but sometimes we're using them to our demise, de- demise or hurt folk. Or it's so much going on in our head, we're confused. Right? Because our mind is scrambled. And so, so, so as, we, as, as we operate through what we're going to talk about here in the next few weeks, um, uh, unscrambling your mind, uh, now realize people learn differently. Some, some people have a servant's mentality, even in learning. And a servant's mentality is, is a person that's a learner, um, 
They're like flies on a wall. They understand if I'm inaccurate, it could cost me my life. That's a servant learner. See, see, they're serving their mind to absorb information. When they get in an atmosphere and there's something to learn, they don't, because, you know, some of us are t have a tendency to run. No, they're like, I get to absorb new information. They're always taking notes. They're always writing stuff down. You know, you increase your memory by 66% when you write stuff down, when you take notes, right? See, they, 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 they're not risking not absorbing or not maintaining that information. For example, like if you saw a sale or somebody told you they was going to give you a certain amount of money and they told you the date, you're putting that date down, ain't you? With time and everything. You might put something in your phone to remind you. Do you do that with the word? All right. So, so, so service mentality. But, but now some people come in when they come to learn, they sit in the atmosphere, they have a ruler's mentality. See, their only can, their whole philosophy is to be in a lead position only. Lead position only. All right. So, so a person that's in a lead position only, they don't really learn. They expect other people to learn for them. That's how rulers are. So, 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 so their, their philosophy, remember we did the men's uh, fellowship and it was like, you got that, right? That's their philosophy. Like, they, you know, with their parents, they'd be like, you got that, right? They're like, like, you know, they expect their parents to do all their homework. Some people, the parents did all their homework when they was young. As they get old, they flow the same way. They expected somebody else to remember for them. So they'll sit in the service and they expect the other person to take notes. Did you, and if something really hit them, they go, did you write that note down? So they walk around with, 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 with wow. look, look, with unemployed secretaries. Like they, they, they have untrained secretaries, because they ain't trained them. They just expect them. You, you got that, right? Did you take care of that? You do. Uh, bang, bang. What time am I supposed to be at such and such? Like I'm not, no, I don't do this. He'll tell you. But, but, but folk will be like, they ain't trying to remember. Uh, 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 babe, did, did, did you say the kids had a game this week? Did you put it in your schedule? <laughs> nah, babe, babe, I figured you got that, babe. You got that. Right, you got that, right? Now, now again, y'all got to absorb it. Don't get offended. Because we're trying to cross over, right? Baby man being Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things become. <laughs> All right. So they expect... See, see, the rulers expect the service to understand. They're, 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 like, they're not trying to make sure people understand. They're not breaking it down where it's simple. They'll just give it to you and you figure it out. <laughs> right? You're not worth taking the time for you really to understand. Like, you know, so, so rulers operate this way. Even when, like, they'll tell you something and you start asking questions. Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, I don't have time to explain. I gave you the information, you figure it out. Right? Stay with me here. See, some people are anglers. They're always looking to exploit angles. They're not, see, see, so when they receive information, they're trying to come up with an excuse why that doesn't apply to them. If you, if you give them a truth, they always got a defense. So the defense is saying what? I'm not absorbing this truth, so now I don't have to change. Wow. So it's hard for them to receive, okay? 
Then there's the babes mentality. They don't even want to understand. <laughs> yeah, you see your kids, kids is I have to they don't want to understand. Right? You got me so far? Yeah. I just wanted to give you different mentalities because you, you want to know where you are so you can adjust yourself so you can absorb this. All right, let's go to Matthew 6. All right, Matthew 6. Gotta, we're going to unscramble that mind because I, I'm going to tell you, it's, 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 uh, God has designed all of us to be geniuses. And I know, I know that's kind of hard for some people because, you know, people in school say, what's wrong with you? Or people, come, what's wrong with you? You don't know that? Some people are saying you don't know that because you do, and they, they, they're trying to confuse you because they're intimidated by your intellect. That don't mean you don't know in all cases. Or some people, they just, they just have low self-esteem. Right? So you can't play off of that. You got to play off of your, 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 your design, right? All right, so uh, Matthew 6, uh, I told you that, right? Verse 22. Please write down the scriptures. Uh, it says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body will be full of light. It says, but if thy eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? And basically what this is saying is, if, you, if you're focused, if you're locked in, then you absorb what, what brings light into you and you see clearly. You start to pick up momentum. Things are not confusing. It says, but it, when it says if your eye be evil, if you're all over the place, you could be clouded. That's what, and, and then if you allow the darkness in, the adversary doesn't send like ration darkness. He'll try to flood you with darkness because the goal is to keep you confused, blind, or immobile. You know, if you're, in a, if, if you're in a fog, you can't accelerate the way you could if you can see clearly. So he's trying to keep you immobile to a point where you'll think the cloud is who you are. You'll be so clouded, uh, the scripture says, you'll forget what manner of man you are, right? You don't realize you're a genius and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, right? You'll actually think something's wrong with you. And then, then you, you'll do uh, I'm going to say this respectfully, dumb things like, I can't wait till school is over. So when school's over, I don't have to do school no more. So, so you'll, you'll struggle through uh, a 12th grade education, and then you'll go get a job. Because, you, know, you know, people, I just go get me a job. And at first it's going to be sweet because you got money and you ain't had none. But then as time goes by and everybody gets older, you'll start realizing I'm working with, I'm saying this respectfully, I know this is on video, if it fits you, then it's true. Man, I'm working for a bunch of idiots. Well, it's just one problem. I have not trained myself to get another job. So I'm serving a vision, and I'm serving people that could be serving me. All because I bailed out on learning and arising to my genius, my ability to create, and put myself in a position where I can want for nothing. I might have only had to do four or six more years of school, right? At the most, I'd have been what? Either 22 or 24 years old. Young! With unlimited possibilities. But I treated the six years like it was an eternity. Another year like it was an eternity. Right? Okay, all right, so just stay with me here. So that's Proverbs, you said if your eye be single. Let's go to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26. 
And it's going to be a lot of scriptures. So, so the lesson of unscrambling your mind starts today. Right? Just start locking in on what we're talking about. Don't, and, and, and this is the key. Don't try to remember everything. Absorb and receive everything. Okay? That's the key. I'll explain why in a little bit. So Isaiah 26.3 states this. It says, Thou will keep him in perfect, complete peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. So no matter what happens, God is saying, stay locked into me. No matter what happens, no matter how it looks, no matter what the situation is, no matter failures, mishaps, things not going your way, people trying to uh, uh, betray you, take advantage of you, uh, blown opportunities. He said, no matter what, just stay focused on me. I'll keep you in perfect peace if you stay focused on me. Now, the adversary wants what? He wants to scramble your mind, confuse your mind. He wants to get your focus off of God. Because he doesn't want you in peace, he needs you in confusion. It's the only, only way people can get, get at you is in, in confusion. When you're confused, you make dumb decisions, right? Can I get an amen? amen. Yeah, okay. Well, I've made dumb decisions. Maybe y'all make all great decisions, um, but I actually have made some real dumb, stupid, idiotic decisions. But I kept my mind on God and he worked it out for my good. Because all things work together for good. For those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. First Thessalonians. Let's go there. First Thessalonians. Scripture says, search the scriptures and see if it's so. So I'm giving you the scriptures that you can search on your own. First Thessalonians um, 5, chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verses 6 and 7. It says, uh, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch, be alert, and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Basically, what it's saying is, you know, it's talking about uh, those that are clouded, right? So it's saying watch and be sober. So, so you had a scripture that says keep your mindset on God. The scripture is telling you to watch and be sober, be alert. And then let's go to Hebrews. Just setting a little foundation. You have a note in my pad that says, be, patiently read through these. Don't expound too much. All right. Leave myself notes because I'd, I'd be, you won't get all the information. So uh, Hebrews 12, right? Hebrews 12. Now, as we go through this teaching or as you go through any teaching or as you're learning to grow with God or finding out what it takes to live this life of God, you'll be tempted to go, man, it's too much. You'll be tempted to, man, forget all this. It's just too much, right? And, and, and I just want to let you know you're normal, you know, um, that is a part of the process. Look at Hebrews uh, 12, uh, 3. It says, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners. And it was just saying that, you know, Jesus was trying to live a certain life and it was so, so much contradiction. Remember, uh, Minister Sam, we was talking about this morning, sometimes I'll come in, I have a flow. I have a flow and I have a, I, I, you know, I've been trained, you know, was at a church for 18 years, worked there for 12. So I have a certain detailed excellence in my head, but I can have that all I want. We're growing as a church. You know, I was at one time I was around 3,500 people. We have 170 or so, right? So, and everybody's still growing. So it'd be, it's wrong for me to go, I can't believe they're not doing that. It's not wrong for me to expect it and to be used to it. It's wrong for me to expect people to be that way overnight. 
you know, like y'all expect your spouse to fold the towels the way you did, even though you were trained for like 25 years at the house, right? Or clean the way you did, even though somebody made you get up every Saturday and do chores, you know, because you were the indentured servant. You just didn't realize it. But they might have been spoiled. They might have been, you know, they might have had a parent where they can go, you got that, right? You know, like the, the, the kid on the commercial, he's, he's telling his grandma, she, she, she got to see, she wheeling the stuff around. Grandma, you know, did you get that phone? Did you get me another pop? You know, he's chilling. He's young, like 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 twelve. You know, grandma's like she's struggling around. You know, and he's like, You got that, right? You know, so some people, you know, it's a different flow, right? Alright, so Hebrews twelve, I said I wouldn't expound too much. It says, For consider them that endure such a contradiction of sinners for consider him that endure such a contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be look wearied and faint in your mind. Now, the word faint means to give up in your mind. Uh, something, something I call lazy-minded. I did this teaching years ago in Ohio. But, you know, sometimes we can be lazy-minded. You know how sometimes you're processing through stuff, but sometimes you just get to a point, ah, you have to read through the Bible. If you're, you know, some of you, we teach around here, so at least 40-something people teach throughout a year, right? Because of fast week, right? So this fast week, you know, you have, you have six services, two people a night, that's 12. Four times 12, that's 48 different possibilities. So when you're studying, you ever deal with this when you're studying for something and you study and it, it looked like it's leading somewhere else. Now, but you started studying it because you had a focus. But it, it looked like it's taking you somewhere else. You'd be like, ah. Oh. And then it looks like, because you're trying to get to the bottom of this thing. But then it's taking you somewhere else. And then it's taking you somewhere else. But something in you go, man, that's far enough. <laughs> that's enough information, man. Come on, man. Ain't, ain't, ain't no end to all this information, right? You're tempted to fate in your mind. Right? You're tempted to give up. Yeah. Ah, that's enough. <laughs> right? So, so what happens is when you can stretch beyond your limits, that's when you start to uh, uh, get stronger as a, as a man or woman of God. Right? It's, it's like exercise, right? You know, you got to go beyond the limits. I lift in the day, I, you know, I'll be by myself. So, but I just said, yeah, let me just lift more, you know. Yeah, just more. Just, you know. I said, but if, if this don't work out right, ain't nobody around. <laughs> it's going to be kind of embarrassing, you know. You know. <laughs> and it's happened before, you know. I, just, I think I was trying to lift two, 295 one day, and I was like, uh-oh. Hey! <laughs> Help me! <laughs> right? So, so this is the thing, like, it's the same thing going on in your mind is you're stretching to go beyond where you've gone before. Now, you're going to cross over into a pocket where it'll be your autopilot, your default, right? All right, I'll get into that a little later. So, uh, Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Work with me here. Philippians 4. And these scriptures, hey, focus, focus on, stay focused on God. Uh, don't, don't get lazy. Don't be like them that sleep. Don't faint in your mind, right? Don't faint in your mind. So he's giving you advanced instructions for this knowledge. Remember what we were talking about in, uh, this morning, Ms. Lamar mentioned Matthew 5. Jesus, all this stuff he could have taught. The Sermon on the Mount was how to be. Before I give you all this information, I need to let y'all know how you need to be. 
right? You know, just because you got to shift your be attitudes. That's what it's called. Be attitudes. Because if your attitude is not right, you won't be able to absorb the information. It'll be like, ain't nobody doing this. So I got to shift your attitude so you can absorb. If I don't shift your attitude, you'll, uh, you have an automatic uh, rejection button for any, anything new, anything truth, anything's uncomfortable. Right? And he says, I, I got to shift that, help you to renew your mind. I'm still looking for Philippians. <laughs> help you to renew your mind. So Philippians 4. Scripture we've talked about here quite a bit, but let's look at it. Philippians 4, and we'll start here at verse 6. Look, it says, be careful for nothing. Now, 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 another version says, be anxious for nothing. Another version says, worry for nothing. It, no, it didn't say, worry for 50% of the things or be careful for 50%, another 50, be faithful. It says, for nothing, right? And then it tells you what to do. It says, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, making you, you know, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So when there's a void and there's a pull, don't worry. Place a demand on God. If a demand is placed on you, place a demand on God, right? Even if you're trying to learn. Listen, I'd be, I be reading through scriptures and stuff like that. And I'm like, Lord, what is, Holy Spirit, what does that mean? I mean, I can't keep moving if I don't understand this. What does that mean? I place a demand on him. And then he just be showing me stuff. Just be downloading stuff. Then I'll go to the shower and he's like, oh, I wasn't finished. He showed me something else. I got to go back to my notes. Then I'll, be, I'll drive. I'll go to the gym. He starts showing me more. I was like, nah, I got the first piece of information. Nah, I wasn't done. He just keeps pouring stuff out all because I asked a question. What does that mean? <laughs> right? All right, so good, good. So Philippians 4, 6, it says, be careful for nothing. And, and I said, Thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Look at verse 7. And the peace of God, there's that peace again. See, keep your mind standing on him. He'll keep you in perfect peace. Peace of God, which passes all understanding. So God's peace is beyond every level of understanding. Look, it says, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Keep you from being scrambled, the peace of God. But before you get the peace of God, you got to be careful for nothing. Don't, don't allow cares and concerns in, right? And then it says, um, verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise. Look, think on these things. It says those things which ye have both. Look, look. No, no for, I'll get to verse 9 in a second. But verse 8, it tells you what to think on. So I was sharing this earlier when I, uh, I did a camp for 13 years. And, you know, and I, and I, I read a book called Fundamentals, Big M. And one of the things the book was saying, your mind can't be on two channels at the same time. So it had a story, a story of a kid, two recruits. They were playing each other in a big game. So, so the one guy's looking down at the other guy. He's making the shots. This is warm-ups. And you have to, the coaches in the stands. So, you know, you want to do well because you want a scholarship. So he's he, he doing his warm-ups. He misses a shot. He starts to, oh, they saw me miss a shot. It was a layup. Then he misses another shot. And he starts to sweat and panic because he's looking. The coaches are there, man. All the coaches are there. And he looks down at the other guy. The other guy looks calm and cool. And he's knocking down the shots. This is his warm-up. And, and then he starts to worry. He's like, oh, man, I'm missing shots. I'm going to miss shots in the game. This is not going to work out. Look, look, such and such from North Carolina is there. Such and such from Syracuse is there. Man, this guy looks like he's calm. Look, they're probably going to give him a scholarship just on all the shots he's making in the warm-ups. 
So before the guy gets in, the, before the game even started, he's already lost. In his head. In his head because his mind was on fear. So I used to tell my players before every game, I said, don't talk to nobody in the stands. Don't talk to your mama, your cousin, anybody. I said, because whoever you talk to is going to be in your head during the game. What are you talking about? No, no, no. You coming down, you make a move. In your head is what they think, how they see it. Because you talk to them. If you didn't talk to them, you're just playing the game. They'll be in the stands when the game's over. But you don't need them out of the stands in your head while the game is going on. Think about this, those that that play sports. You be thinking about everybody? Watch it. Packed house. I've been in packed house, thousands of people. But if I talk to somebody, I can see that person watching me. But most of the time when it's been packed house, because I didn't focus on people, I might see somebody like three weeks later. Yo, man, I saw you, man. You play against Mark Johnson. I saw you, man. You was balling, man. I didn't even know they were there. I couldn't see nobody there. It was like a bunch of people painted. You see what I'm saying? So, so, so you got to watch what you allow in your head. You got to watch what you allow in your head. And that's what the scripture saying. Think on these things. So the thing about when you're trying to change your mind, you don't try not to think something. You think on something else. Right? You don't say, I'm not going to be worried. I'm not going to be worried. You're going to be worried. Yeah. It, that's what the scripture says. It didn't tell you not to worry. Well, it did say be worried for nothing, but it says think on these things. Right? And then verse 9 is powerful. But this is a, our process of learning. It says, those things which you have both, look, learned and received. So there's a process. It's learned, look, and heard and seen in me do and the peace of God shall be with you. So those things, you, so, so you're going to learn some things, but it's not just learning, right? You have to absorb, you have to receive it. But it's not just receiving, you have to really hear it, understand it. That hurt, the word heard means understand it. And it's not just understand it, it's application. So you, you're watching it being applied. So even as, 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 as ministers and leaders, you, or as, as parents, it ain't just what you're saying. People watching what you do. <laughs> if, if, you, if what you do is what you say, then people harmonize with it. But if you, what you do is opposite of what you say, ain't nobody paying you no mind. You're like, what's wrong with this kid? You. That wasn't being sarcastic. That's just true. You. You. You what's wrong. Because you all talk. If you tell them to have faith and they don't see faith in you, your first thought, if there's a sickness or a financial crisis, is worry. If all you're doing is, hey, don't do, don't buy this. Where you go? I can't believe you paid, pay, you, you paid $5 for that. They're like, wait a minute. You've been talking about faith all week. How come you're not applying it? Right? Does that make sense? All right, so, so, so that's going to be important. Heard, learned, received, and seen in me do. Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. Just back, another book back, right? Ephesians 3. Trying to unscramble that mind. That mind, man, be trying to mess us up. All right, so, so Ephesians 3, 16. This, this, this is a prayer. You know, I pray for you guys all the time. Um, There's another one in Ephesians 1 uh, that I pray for you guys, which will come up here in a second. But it says, uh, 
that he will grant you, according to, the, to his riches and glory, to be strengthened with might by the spirit in the inner man. See, if I'm strong in the inner man, I'm not going to what? Faint in my mind, right? It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. Look, may be able to comprehend, because that's what we're trying to comprehend. Look, it says comprehend with all saints. This is the key. Look, what is the breadth, length, depth, and height? Know what that is? That's the whole picture. Breath, length, depth, and height is the whole picture. That you may be able to comprehend with all saints the whole picture. Because sometimes we're just looking at the signature. That's why we get offended. Sometimes we're overwhelmed or we're frustrated because we can't see the whole picture. Or as the scripture says in 1 Peter, you can't see afar off. Or 1 Corinthians 13, you know in part. And it's, 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 it, it could be fearful and more uncertain if you can't see the whole picture. But this is saying the prayer, which I pray for us, I pray for you guys, I pray for myself, that I understand the whole picture. I want to know the whole picture, the height, depth, the length, and the width. I just don't want to see, Minister Sammy, one angle. So as I grow with all you guys, if I just look at things from the lenses of North New Jersey, well, I'm going to easily be frustrated because everybody wasn't raised in Newark. If I looked at the... The, uh, the things from the lenses of uh, Joseph and Amanda Taylor, 139 Goldsmith Avenue in Newark, New Jersey. Well, things are going to look different because everybody wasn't raised in their house. If I look at things different from uh, Irvin and Naomi Bradley, 6722nd Street in Irvington, New Jersey, things are going to look different because everybody wasn't raised in that house. You see what I'm saying? Like, like we all have different worldviews based on repetitious information, authoritative voices in our environment. And so what happens is I have to ask Lord to give me the big picture. So I, so I recognize um, Natalie's from Louisiana, right? So it's a, it's, it's, there's a, there was a culture in your house. There was a culture at the church you went to. There was a culture in, in Louisiana, right? So I have to understand all those cultures. You were raised a certain way, right? If, you, if, if she was raised with 10 brothers and sisters, she's going to flow a certain way. If she's raised with two, if she was raised with one, if she was raised with none. I have to consider, we talk about that in premarital, right? Right, so I have to understand all that. That's the whole picture. You see what I'm saying? I'm crossed over into the kingdom of God. I need to understand the whole picture because I can get mad thinking God is abandoning me. God doesn't care about me and God is punishing me. If I don't understand some things, right? I can be, think, I can be waiting on God when God might be waiting on me. Right? All right, good, good, good. That's the whole picture. So, so this is the key. For us to, to unscramble our mind, we're going to need to know every angle to truly understand. So at our church, we talk about something that's emphasized. I know Z uh, coins the phrase a lot when she's talking, layered learning. It's layered learning. And so layered learning is not something that Ayers Christian Center Church created. It's what we've been getting in our life all the time. You went to school and they were teaching you math. One plus one is two. Two plus two is four. Okay, so, so if they taught you that Monday, class wasn't over. Tuesday they might have, the teacher may come to school with a bunch of apples. And they had apples. Then Wednesday may be a word problem. Right? When you get in line they may say count. Right? What they do? All these different layers is teaching us math. Now, now y'all, y'all don't understand, but you may understand, especially the educators do. Like, education is phenomenal because it's patient. How come they didn't give you all the information in, in, in kindergarten? 
No, they, they're not. What, 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 did, what did you do? You learned what? You learned alphabet. You learned numbers and colors. Simple stuff, right? But then at another level, somebody thought of what? Adding them numbers up, subtracting them, division, multiplying, right? But how come you ain't learned trig and, and geometry at that level? No, each, but each level was dependent on the other one, wasn't it? Layered learning. When I got to college, my, I went to school for the summer, so I took pre-cal um, before my freshman year started, I took cal. And so the professor, professor I've told this story before, but the professor came in class, and you know, he's going through uh, the math problem. Raise my hand. Excuse me, sir. Um, you didn't put the uh, uh, Pythagorean theorem on the board. He said, excuse me, young man? I said, yeah, you didn't write the Pythagorean theorem on the board. He said, if you don't know the Pythagorean theorem, you don't need to be in this, in, in, in this class. Well, I was used to my advanced math teacher in high school. She would walk right in. First thing she would do is put the Pythagorean theorem on the board. Right? That, so he's like, no, at this level, you need to know that. Then I aced all my, my, my it's always been good with math. So I aced all my answers. And so, so the guy came up to me and said, okay, Keith, where's your work? I was like, is it right? He said, Keith, where's your work? Is it right? So the, the, this is how y'all do. When someone's trying to teach you something, you'll come up with an angle that may be right, but you're missing the whole picture. And so he kept saying, he said, Keith, where's your work? I was like, is it right? Now, it was right, but I was wrong. Without the work, if I have the engine and he has the frame for the rocket, he can't attach the, the rocket to my engine because he, he would need my work and know where to attach it at. See, so a lot of times the work is not for you, it's for somebody else to understand you and flow with you. Right? All right, so, all right, so, so this layered learning. Now, now we're going we're gonna to discover here, I, I, again, again, be patient. I know sometimes it's kind of, hey, are we getting deep? No, we're not getting deep. We're trying to help us to understand and unscrabble some things. So some people learn literally and some people learn figuratively. Literal is just the way, you, first of all, my wife will tell you, baby, if you say it, I hear it. Well, that's not what I meant. Then that's, you shouldn't have said that then. To tell, say what you mean. You know, because I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm going by, I, ask these people right here. Sometimes they don't even know I'm listening. I'll be talking to them a year later. It's like, well, remember you told me this, and then you told me this, and you told me this, because I actually listen to everybody. I'm listening. I was talking to somebody in Ohio, and I said, well, I remember you told me this, and you told me that, and then last time you said this, and so that leads to this. So help me out. How does this flow this way? And I know they were like, you was listening to all that? I was like, yeah, because you're talking to me, so I'm listening. So some people learn lit literally or figuratively. So, um, and I was thinking about, like, we was at a conference, and so, you know, there's a front seat. I like to sit up front because I don't like distractions. I don't want, you know, people be moving. Some people be distracted. Some people be not paying attention. Some people be talking. Um, I just want to be in the front so everybody's behind me. So, so we sat up front, and the first time somebody said something, but I heard them, but I really wasn't listening, but it was almost like, almost like a shot. Oh, you're sitting up front, huh? Then... We ran into another couple and we was going into our room. There's like, there's the front rowers or something like that. <laughs> right? You know, 
And, and, and so, so I heard the second time I said, now, why was that emphasized? And, and the Holy Spirit said, yeah, because they're taking the scripture literally. If you go to some place, don't sit at the head seat because you may be pushed to, a back, to the back. But if you study it out, it was talking about, yes, like, don't have a mentality to push your way up front when you're invited somewhere because somebody else have may have been assigned to that spot and you may be sent to the back. So just take a seat and be called up to the front. Well, we wasn't in that situation. It was, it's like at our church. If there's no reserve here, everybody can sit wherever they want to sit. But you know, some people don't sit up front. We purposely did it that way. If we have a conference, if we have guests, we'll put them in a section, but we still always make sure we leave front row seats so everybody can have access to sit up front. But that's not, it's not a banquet. So you could, we've had some people say, well, I didn't want to sit up front because for years in churches, you've been, don't sit in the front row. But, that, but that's because people are taking the scripture literally when it's actually figurative, all right? All right, so, so literal language means exactly what it says, while figurative languages uses what we call similes, metaphors, hyperbole, or personification. And just for conversation, I, I just want to, because you're reading through the Bible, you need to understand these things. So a simile is like, oh, for example, uh, like a tree planted by, uh, planted by the rivers of water or mounted up with the wings as eagles. So like a tree planted by the rivers of water or mounted up with wings as eagles, right? It's like a tree, as wings as eagles. So it's using something like an eagle or a tree to, to, to give you a, meta, a point or, or, or an angle. So that, 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 that's your simile or metaphor is parables. So or so of the word. Mark chapter 4, Matthew chapter 13. So and so of the word. Some sow by the wayside. So it's giving you an example of sowing the word, but it's talking about when the word is given to you. Right? So that would be a metaphor. Hyperbole is an exaggeration. It's harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom is like, like, like a camel going through an eye of a needle. That's an exaggeration. It's not literally saying you, a rich man can't get in the, to, to, to heaven. What it's saying is, and it's not talking about a, a sewing needle. It's talking about the gates of the city that were shaped like, like the eye of a needle and they were riding camels and when the camel would come up, the load would be so high the camel had to sometimes drop to his knees and, and crawl through. Sometimes the load would be so high, they had to remove the load for the camel to get through and then load it back up. They got into the gate, but it was harder because of their load. And it was saying rich men are like that too. They carry such a load of what they have. Sometimes they have to be pulled in or they have to crawl in because they're focused more on what they have, right? So that's an exaggeration. That's not, that's figurative. That's not, you can't get in heaven. Because people, be, people like be avoid money. Well, I don't want to avoid the money because, you know, rich men can't get in heaven. <laughs> so they're taking the scripture literally and it's figurative, right? Okay. And then you have personification. And personification is like when, when God uses a, a personal trait to describe something. So the scripture says in Proverbs 18, Doth, doth wisdom cry? So it's talking about wisdom crying. Right? Right? It says, uh, look, and understanding put forth her voice. You see, so, so it's using a personal trait to describe the scripture. So that's personification. So I just, I want us to do that. 
I wanted to give us similes, metaphors, and hyperbole so we understand when we look into Scripture, this is confusing. Well, it's confusing if, if, if all you do is take everything literally, and most people just take everything just literally because they don't want to look harder. Right? Lion King, look harder. Or they don't want to... Uh, I'll get into here in a second. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2. Trying to unscramble the mind. Unscram- because one, I know Pastor Keith is an exhaustive teacher. Um, but again, there, it is layered learning. So it's not talked about one time. It's talked about multiple times. It's talked about from various angles. It's talked about related to various situations. And somebody, somebody may, if you have a lazy mind, you may go, oh, we already talked about faith. But you may be getting faith from another angle. Oh, we already talked about healing. I, that's just healing. I don't even need that because I already know healing. No, it's layered learning. It's trying to get it to a point where if nobody's around, no Bible's in your hand, you could just pour it out. Like some people, if you have to talk to somebody about the sinner's prayer, I don't even know the scriptures. Not because you, it's a crime because, again, you haven't taken on the layer. So you hear me talking about stuff. We can go over the disciples' cross. I can tell you the, 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 you know, the upper cross is what? The prayer of faith. That's prayer to God. The lower part of the cross is the anchor. It's your word. That's your anchor, right? Right side of the cross is fellowship. The left side of the cross is uh, evangelism. That's your relationship with man. That's your disciples' cross from the first book in Master Life. You, I don't know that because I've always known it. I know that because I go, went over the information so much. Is in me. And I need to be able to share that with somebody. I was sharing it with somebody the other day, but man, I need to take the Master Life class. Right? So sometimes you walk, I walk through baptism with somebody's an athlete. He's like, man, can I get baptized again? Because I definitely wasn't attaching my faith to the old man going down and the new man rising. But I had, I had learned stuff to a point where I could share. And that's what we want to do. We don't want it to be just, remember, some people, some people go to class to get through. Some people go to class to absorb. And this information you're getting is something that you have to absorb. It's not, this ain't like, you know, man, I just want to get through, what's the next grade? What's the next grade? What's the next grade? And then you get places and you need the information. Some of you have taken on jobs and they're like, well, we wanted to keep you, but your sentence structure is terrible. Well, you learn that in school. Well, you put an adjective where a noun should be, you know, and then uh, you, I asked you a question, but you didn't respond with the question. You know, if somebody asks you a question in school, you got to answer the question with the question. You know, you, the, uh, you, you repeat the question and then you're answering it, right? I did learn that in English. You know, you understand what I'm saying? So, but, but that carries in your life. Math carries in your life. Like, like, do you know some people are getting ripped off, professional athletes, because they can't count? So, so all these things, this, God, this foundation of what God's trying to tell us is going to help us. 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2, 15. And look at this. It says, uh, study to show, your, show thyself approved under God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly dividing. So again, that's what it's saying is, don't just look at it literally, look harder. When it says rightly divide, I parallel that to uh, when I was in school, I, the one, I did light biology. I was a math 
guy. I loved math. I liked biology. Uh, you know, I, I remember I knew all the bones and all that stuff. Well, but one of the things I didn't like in biology was lab. Because I ain't even, my wife's like this. My wife be watching all those shows. They be cutting off, cutting the brain open. And she be watching it, though. Like, like, like I mean, she, bang, bang. Check this out. I'm like, no, you good. I'm good. I, I'm, I'm not into all that. Well, the thing about, well, lab, what? You had to, you knew it was a frog, right? But you had to what? So, so they taught you the parts of the body, intestines and stuff like that. But, but with lab, you had to dissect it. You had to go inside, right? And you had to see deeper into the surface of that frog. That's what the scripture saying. Rightly divide the word of truth. Don't just take it on the surface. Go deeper. You know, go deeper to really understand the word. And, and when, when something is worth it to us, we go deeper. For example, you met, you met the person and uh, they, they tickled your fancy or whatever you want to call it. Or, 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 or it was this cuddle hormone. What, what, what's this? Cuddle hormone is, uh, what's, what's that? Uh, the dopamine and the serotonin. Yeah, you just, <laughs> yeah, you just feel like, you know, butterflies, right? Well, that triggered you to do what? Look harder into the relationship, right? Right? Yeah. Now, now, these days, it's a little different. You know, we had to put in a little more work. But now, y'all be going on Facebook, right? <laughs> Checking profiles, you know, uh, buying stuff because you saw the person like that on the profile. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it was a movie like that where that was dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Right? So, so you look harder, right? Right? So, so you, you, you're investigating because you want to present yourself the best way. So we do that job. You... you if the boss like this, I'm going to make sure I do this so I can please the boss. God is saying, can a brother get some love? Here, I got this fulfillment, this promise, this exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think life. Can you look a little harder? Is it, is it worth it you look a little harder? How are you going to be casual with me, but you want me to be all in with your blessings? I, I repeat that. How are you going to be casual with me? We'll be all in with your blessings. And again, the reason why I don't want you casual is because I want you to be able to handle your blessings. And if you don't have all the information, you're going to get something that you won't know what to do with. You won't be able to handle all that I want to pour on you. So I can't get that. I, I watch the parents with the kids in the cars and keys and even when they get their license. There's, there's, a, there's a progression, right? Some places you may let them drive, some places you won't. And, and there's a level... Uh, I saw the truck out there one day. I thought Tia drove it, <laughs> you know, so, right? But, but, but she drives, but there's certain times you'll have her driving with you. But then there's a level where you'll send her on her own. I don't know, that might be 25 years from now, but, but you'll send her out on, on her own. But there's levels, right? And the more she understands and the more it looks like she knows what she's doing, the more she'll be allowed. She'll, she'll have a car, Right? Does that make sense? That's what all God is saying. He's saying, oh, what I have for you, you can't drive it yet. He said, oh, no, 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 no. If I give you this, you're going to crash this, this, this dream. And, and he says, the little things I've given you, how's that worked? I gave you a scooter, you crashed that. Gave you a bike, you crashed that. Little moped, you crashed that. I'm not talking about scooters, bikes, and mopeds. I'm talking about the levels of your dream. Right? He says, so, so, so if I give you 
if I give you this this three hundred thousand dollar vehicle, man, we can't be like letting you skirt. Listen, if you dent this, it's gonna cost a whole lot more than that hoopty I was about to give you. You know the commercial the boy get the station wagon. You know he's like, man, I can't pull no babes with this. <laughs> he gave me a station wagon, man. Old Betsy, <laughs> right? I right, so so. We've talked about this before. So as we read through this and we study and we unscramble some things, you have, his, you have humility, history, and harmony. So when you read through the word, you have humility, history, and harmony. Humility is saying it's something I don't know. At, at every level. So even as much as I've read the word, every time I go into the word, I'm looking for something that I don't know. Trying to discover what I don't know, not trying to prove what I do. Because if I go and read the word for you guys and I'm studying, I'm just trying to prove what I already know, you're going to be getting the same thing. I ain't going to get no new revelation because I'm just trying to prove what I, yeah, I already know faith. I'm going to teach that one message from 25 years ago. No, no, I'm always trying to find out, discover what I don't know because there's always something I don't know. So that's humility. Now, the history is when you read the word, you got you to gotta be careful of how you read it because there's a history attached to it. There's something going on in that time as to why it was communicated that way. It's called, we, we went through it in understanding the value of the word, understanding the word class and word thirst. We went through this uh, in, in a discipleship classes. It's called customs. That's why I know that it, the camel wasn't going through a sewing needle. It was through a gate of a town because the customs were different. So when you understand the history, you know why that was communicated that way. Right. Um, and then there's the harmony. So you'll read a scripture. If you just roll with that scripture or create a religion out of scripture, which a lot of people do, but you don't read it in har- how it flows with the entire Bible. How does it harmonize with the Bible? See, so that, that, that's what's happening. People are taking stuff out of the text. We didn't even get in the context. That's a whole nother thing. We just talk about in a few weeks, but people are taking it out of the text and creating their own religion. How does it harmonize with the entire Bible? Right? All right, so, so, and this is the thing. You'll hear this line. How do I know this is true? And my line has always been, how do you know it's not? See, your study is for both. If you know it's true, you're going to study. If you don't know it's true, you're going to study. So if you, people keep talking about this Bible, they put it in the, the, the hotels, uh, in, in your drawer, you know, constantly talking about the word. And let's say your philosophy is, man, you know, I think it's been changed as the other, then prove it. So then now you're sure I'm not going to waste no time reading something that's not true. That's what the guy did in the movie, The Case for Christ. He was a journalist, so he probably was a lot more ex- exhaustive than we are. You know, I mean, he was a, a, a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. So that means he could travel all over the world to try to prove the Bible's not true. And that's what he was trying to do. So he talked to top physicians in the world, top archaeologists in the world. And every place he went, all he found was God. And he, you know, he had an analytical mind. So he's like, man, I don't believe this, this, that, and the other. So he just, he went... To all the top people, even um, I think the oldest text besides the Bible, I think it was written by Nietzsche or somebody like that. But, it said, but, the, but to prove that it's authentic, you got to have other 
proofs, like other manuals to prove it. So I think they found like 60 to authenticate something that Nietzsche or somebody wrote. The Bible was hundreds of, it was thousands upon thousands of proof of its authentication. Only book. No, no other book is close. And so, the case for Christ, you might want to check that out, you know. <laughs> is this great? Is it the case or a case for Christ? One of them is on Netflix, <laughs> right? So, so what I'm saying is, is yes, it's, it's a deep book and there's gaps in understanding. Like you realize something is coming from God to man. So, so I'll give you an example of electricity. Uh, uh, your husband's an electrical engineer, so he knows this. It don't come from its actual source where the power is right to your house. It'll blow up your house. So you got, you got it was, uh, it's plants, right? Then you got uh, wide lines, right? Then you have uh, transformers. Then you have, would you have your box? You, yeah, it's a substation, but you have, what's in your house? Your uh, breaker box, fuse box, a breaker box, right? So, so know what it is? It's broken down, broken down, broken down, broken down, broken down. Now you can plug in your radio. If it came to you straight, it'll overwhelm you. So when God's word comes, he understands it's like, this seems like foolishness. So there's gaps in understanding. And, and the gaps come from different values, different viewpoints, and different disciplines. And my thoughts are above your thoughts, my ways are above your ways, Isaiah 55. So God understands that. So that's why he ordained preachers and sent them out, right? Specially disciplined chosen people are called to stand in the gap to close it. So, so, so when stuff is overwhelming, to bring in the fill in the gaps for you, right? Because in our everyday lives, we don't always have time to research everything. But you're trusted. You, you're supposed to research, though, right? <laughs> but you're trusting that you can hear something. Now go search the scriptures and see if it's so, right? That's why God has preachers. So that's why before you join a church, you want to, it ain't based on circumstances. You want to talk to God and ask God, this is what I'm supposed to be. Once God says this is what you're supposed to be, now you're going to have to humble yourself and learn what you didn't know. Just like God told me that was my wife. I had to humble myself and find out the help that I needed. I didn't think I needed any help, but obviously I did if he sent me help, right? So I had to humble myself and find out the help that I needed, as opposed to uh, you, you, you just like an accessory. I'll let you know when I need you. You, you just arm candy, you know, you like my watch. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm good. No, I'm not. <laughs> I need help, right? Not just for my wife, but even in the church. We need help, right, baby? All right, so, 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 so he chose preachers, and the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen, right? Matthew uh, 22, 14. So the Bible, um, I'm going to have to close. We can't do all this today. So the Bible is a book of God's history of redemption. So that's what we need to understand. It's not God's history of who brushed their teeth, who went to the bathroom, who cursed two out. Like, you don't have all that in the Bible. It's his history of redemption. So the, the key points to the fall and us coming back into fellowship is in the Bible. But there's a whole lot of stuff that's not in the Bible. Uh, they, they brush their teeth three times a day. 
uh, they shaved at this particular time. That's not in the Bible because that's not pertinent to us coming back in the fellowship with God. So men and women of God are sent to preach the good news, redemption to us. Uh, uh, Romans 10 says, how shall they preach except they be sent, right? How they, you know, and, and so what happens is they, they're, they're sent to, to make sure we get a clear interpretation of the Bible. Now, this is the key. Uh, I'm going to give you these two. I'm going to end with these two scriptures for 2 Timothy 3. We was in 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. And I, I'm going to break down 16 uh, next week. But it says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Inspired. Inspired. Breathed in by God. It says it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof. So, 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 so when you're challenged and somebody tells you a truth, you go, what kind of Man of God, don't be telling, putting somebody out there like that. No, reproof is a part of this, this walk. It says, look, look, not only reproof, it says for correction and for instruction in righteousness, right? And then the second Peter, let's go there. I think it's second Peter. I hope it's second Peter. Second Peter one. This will be our last. Scripture will go over Second Peter. All right, Second Peter one verse twenty. It says, "Knowing this first, so notice first that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation." It says, "For the prophecy came not." in the old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So here you have, there's no private interpretation means that there's only one interpretation. So that's the core of what's actually being said. That's what the interpretation is. Um, but there's different translations. Translating is you're com converting the core into the target audience's language so they can better understand. So you have all, a lot of translations, but there's only one interpretation. Because different countries, people speak different languages. So, you, so that's why they have various translations. But somebody will tell you, man, I don't think the Bible's true. You got all these different interpretations. No, there's only one interpretation. There's various translations. So again, we'll get into the doctrine and reproof and all that next week. But I, but I want to leave you with this thought. This is too much, you may say. Okay, then find a sent man of God and let him tutor you to understand or get to a point where it's not too much. And I'm going to tell you right now, this process of, because of, of, God's trying to get some stuff to us, so my people are perishing for lack of knowledge, right? So God wants us to get the knowledge. So it's going to be agonizing at first. So if you don't write nothing down, just write down agonizing. It's going to be agonizing at first. But then it's going to cross over into appetite. And after that, it's going to cross over into amusement or pleasurable. That's the process of, of getting anything. It always starts out agonizing. It's new. It's a stretch. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh do not want to get any truth. So it's going to be agonizing. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it, but Minister Lamar uh, uh, Uses, uh, mentioned the scripture earlier, Acts 24, 16, says, I exercise myself to be void of offense. That word exercise in the Greek means agonize. So I'm agonizing to, to learn and to discover. 
it's, 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 I'm breaking through. You know, you get the new job, and like you really just is like you really may or may not qualify, but you got the job. So now you're trying to learn. It's agonizing because you're like, man, I hope they ain't gonna. I hope I'm not gonna lose this, and while I'm trying to figure it out, <laughs> it's agonizing at first. But after a while, it kicks in. I, listen, I'm gonna tell you a, a great secret. It always kicks in. You just got to hang around long enough before be, and it'll become your default. It always gets easier. Anything that you learn. And so for a period of time, what I'm going to ask you to do, because we can't be, we've been like microwave. We go in to the agony for, so we're we going to need, I'm going to use, uh, so microwave just takes a minute to do popcorn. But let's just say we're going to need 21 days of, of this particular process in, in, in the agony, right? We'll do two. Stop. Do three. Stop. Do one. Stop. Do four. Stop. Do eight. Stop. Do two. Stop. But we add them up collectively and say, I've done 21. No. Consistent, sustained agony. Endurance is what the scripture calls it. We'll talk about it next week. Endurance is what it calls it. The popcorn got to agonize. It got to stay in there into consistently for, I don't know if it's a minute or whatever, but you can't, or let's say if it's three minutes for the pop, you can't keep putting it in there in 30 second intervals. 30 seconds, open it up. I ain't ready yet? 30 seconds, open it up. I ain't ready yet? 30 seconds, open it up. It may add up to three minutes, but that popcorn ain't popping. God wants your, 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 your blessings and your favor and your power to pop in your life. But he needs you to stay in the oven. Sustain it. Agonize for a while. It's going to cross over until now it's your appetite. See, when it crosses over from agony to appetite, you still like, ah, but you, but, but you, you got to have it. <laughs> I need it. I'm thirsting for it. But then it crosses over into amusement. It's a pleasure. That's kind of what I do. That's the process for, for everything. Like, I was working out this morning. Listen, man, ain't nobody realistically trying to get up early in the morning to, get, to go work out. I, let's be honest. But it started out as agony exercise. Then it became an appetite. I got to work out. I, I just got to do it, man. I can't, I can't just be sitting around the house. Okay, now it's a part of amusement to a certain degree. There's still some pain involved. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, when I get to play basketball, it's amusement. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it, it, it leads to some results. You understand what I'm saying? So this is what we're going to work through. We're going to unscramble our mind. We're going to search to understand, but we're going to do it the right way. We're going to get some different, uh, different tools. Actually, interesting enough, I didn't plan this, but Master Life, we're on day three in, in, in what we're at, what, what we're about to do day three. Guess what? It's talking about the word. It's giving you a way to take notes. It's walking through how to process through the work. Like, I was reading, I was like, wow, this is interesting. This is right in line with what we're talking about. See, it's layered, but that's another layer. Because we can't keep doing what we've been doing and still looking for God's blessings. It's just not fair. I mean, you can almost complain if you've done all you could do to stand. But if you ain't done all you could do to stand, I get, this is what you do. You complain it, but, on, 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 but you're really on the inside going, I don't deserve this. I ain't even ready for this. 
but I'm not gonna, but maybe if I complain enough, I'll get it anyway. That's what kids do, right? I know I ain't do what I was supposed to do. I know I don't deserve this phone, but maybe if I, if I catch an attitude, I'll get the phone anyway. That's, we want the blessings anyway. Well, you know, God, God understands my schedule is busy. Been working real hard. And, and actually, I bought lunch for five people this week. And I took care of the house. Man, I was so nice to everybody in the house this week. You know what I'm saying? So we almost do penance expecting blessings. But we're still not prepared for them. So God is saying, I appreciate you being uh, nice, buying that lunch for those people. You sow the seed, you'll reap a harvest. I appreciate you being nice to everybody in the house. I thought you was going to be that way anyway, but we'll take it. Uh, and guess what? You're sowing a seed, there's a harvest waiting, but I'm not pouring it out until you're ready to handle it. All right? All right, stand on your feet. That's enough. That's enough. 